You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I get the privilege of uh, being the lead servant of this church. My name is Josh Gray. I'd like to also welcome all those of you joining us online. So excited for our online family as well. Uh, So obviously today's topic, as we talk about someone else's shoes, is James. And so I'm pretty excited about James. James is, is... might be my favorite book in the Bible. Um, it's where I went to as a, uh, as a new Christian because I was like, oh, this thing matters for me and I can understand this is very relevant for me and it's short, only five chapters. Thank you, Jesus. You know, no, thank you, James. No, thank you, Jesus. Um, and so uh, getting a chance to, 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 to talk about this particular character, so I got a, the, the opportunity to really dive in in depth and study uh, James even more and more and more and try and understand more about uh, James. And so what I learned is that there's lots of Jameses in the Bible. Um, so you think about this, you're like, you know, Peter, uh, John, and James, the closest ones to Jesus, wrong James. Wrong James. It wasn't the, the closest one to Jesus wasn't his, you know, as they talk about the three close ones, that was the wrong James. That was James the Great. And so part of this is identifying the Jameses. And now here's a cool thing about James. Uh, James is not really James. James is Jacob. That is the word for it, is Jacob. And so anytime you're seeing the book of Jacob or the book of James, you think about Jacob, and that would have been a pretty prominent name. It's mentioned, I think it was 38 times was counted, but let's say over 35 times in the New Testament alone. And almost all of the books, except uh, I think there's like one book maybe that you don't hear the name James. And so trying to figure out, make sure we're talking about the right James as you're reading through and studying the text, you're like, okay, which James wasn't, and there's different pieces of debate. So let's talk about some of the Jameses. There's James the Great, son of Zebedee, brother of John the Apostle. James and Johns are the sons of? Thunder? Yeah, sons of thunder. Uh, that, that fell flat. Let's hope the next one. Uh, sons of thunder, right? These, these are, they were called uh, part of the 12 disciples together with his brother John and Simon and Peter, part of the inner circle of Jesus, the sons of thunder. And you can see that in Matthew 4, 21, 22, talks about this calling James, son of Zebedee. But that's not the James that we're talking about. But he's James the Great was one of his nicknames. James the Great, but not our James that we're talking about today. Um, that James passed away. He's one of the earliest martyrs in, uh, in our, our text in Acts chapter 12. Uh, he, was, uh, he was put to the death by sword. And that's roughly like 44 AD, which helps us out as we're trying to understand some of the, maybe the book of James and who, who could have possibly written it and how long they were around and what was going on. Uh, but that's not the James we're talking about. Then there's the James, son of Alphaeus. And you'd find that in Matthew 10 too. And it's going to go through. And there's not a whole lot talked about one of this one of his disciples, James, son of Alphaeus. It's really not mentioned that often. But that's not the James that we're talking about. We're talking about James the brother or half-brother, or however you want to determine that, uh, of Jesus. James the Just was his nickname. What a great name. There's, a, there's also a James the Lesser. <laughs> oh, our Josh the Lesser. James the Just. Who is James 
the just. So we have these funny skits about him being Jesus's brother. And there's debates of where he falls in, if he's an older brother from, you know, there's all these other debates. But at the end of the day, whether he was very closely close to Jesus, he was actually Jesus. There's an idea that James uh, was not really digging like Jesus, like, you know, you guys would all believe your brother's a savior, right? The one that you grew up with, the one that flicked you in the ear, the one that, you know, you wrestled with, the one that threw a rock at you, uh, you know, he, of course he's the savior. Not much is known about that time from zero to 12 as Jesus is growing up. Um, but, you know, it would be likely that he would have brothers and sisters and there'd be likely that there would be interesting times together. And so there's this idea that, uh, that, they, that maybe James, the, James the, uh, the just, James, Jesus' brother or half-brother, that we say half-brother because we think that Jesus' father is... Ha-ha! Good one. Um, so, uh, but that he, uh, that, that he maybe didn't buy into the whole Jesus piece of the puzzle. He would have been a devout Jew, right? They grew up there. They, were, they would have gone, uh, gone to... Uh, school together. They would have, you know, done life together and all those things. He knew the law, which is further uh, proved by, by, as we read his book or read the book and understand that. But did he know who Jesus was? Well, Jesus decides after he's dead and gone, which do you think his brother would have known about that, would have been involved in that, would have seen that, would have been around that. He reappears. And one of the people that he reappears to is his brother, James. So that might have changed his faith a little bit. Uh, Paul speaks of James as a pillar. Galatians 2, 9 says, James, uh, Cephas, and John, those esteemed pillars. So he talks about Paul as like, this guy's a pillar. Paul is talking about him as a pillar of the faith. Um, again, 1 Corinthians 15 is when he appeared to that. Uh, James the, uh, was called James the Just because there's an idea that he was a Nazarite. And here's uh, a letter to Alexander of uh, Heropolis. And this is what they're talking about, this James character, the one that we're talking about. And here's what it says. It says, after the apostles, James, the brother of the Lord, surnamed James the Just. This is a third party letter. Uh, was made the head of the church of Jerusalem. Now, think about that. What a tumultuous time, and you're the head of the church of Jerusalem, and who was in Jerusalem? All the cool players were all seven sects of Judaism. Like, this was like the hot-to-trot place. Like, you had to be the best of the best, right? And so he's named the head of the church uh, at Jerusalem. Many indeed are called James. This one, is what the letter says, this one was holy from his mother's womb. He drank neither wine nor strong drink. He ate no flesh, never shaved or anointed himself with ointment or bathed. I don't know how we're gaining the kingdom by being so stinky, uh, but apparently he was pretty awesome. And so they're seeing him as a Nazarite here. Um, he alone had the privilege of entering the Holy of Holies. Who could enter the Holy of Holies? Only the high priest. Right? With the rope tied around your ankle in case you got zapped and need to be drugged drug back out. Since indeed he did not use wool investments but linen and went alone into the temple and prayed on behalf of the people, insomuch that his knees were reputed to have acquired the hardness of camel knees. Who else do we know that had camel knees from being on them so much and prayed? How, about, how, how are your knees? How are your knees? Pretty good? Like camel knees? And that was a letter again to Alexander of Heropolis. 
So again, the idea that it is uh, his brother. Remember that song called, Hey, Brother. Uh, no, Asseville? Okay, all right, moving on. Um, the brother, Matthew thirteen fifty five. So this is their coming back, and this is like there's no prophet in your own hometown. And it says, isn't this the carpenter's son? Referring to Jesus. Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't those his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Inferring him as the brother. Aren't his sisters with us? So they knew he was. They knew this group that this James was around. There's this big study about uh, this ossuary, which is like the bone box. And a bone box is usually, he would say, like, who your father was. And they found this bone box, and there's a big debate on whether it's real or not, and all these scholars are studying it and doing the scientific stuff with it. But they found this bone box. It said, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. So there'd be a lot of, uh, of case for uh, this James that we're talking about today to be the brother or half-brother of Jesus. Now, what's so special about James? What is so special about James? Well, there's some things that are special about him. Maybe the way that he died. Two accounts of his death. One is by Josephus, a historian. And he, he talks about this account of this death of James. According to the passage uh, and with Josephus, uh, the brother of Jesus who was called the Christ. So Josephus, Josephus, Josephus thinks he is. Whose name was James. What is James? Jacob. Met his death around 62 A.D. That's helpful because the other James died in 44 A.D. It's helpful when you're trying to figure out who gave us a book. Uh, The Sanhedrin uh, condemned him and charged him with breaking the law. And they had him executed by stoning. That's what Josephus thinks how James died. Now, this next one is my favorite. This is like a more exciting version to me about uh, his death. And so uh, they wanted James to come and teach, tell all these people that Jesus wasn't the Christ. And they gave him an audience, and uh, this audience, a, a, a Passover, I believe it was, and he's on the top of this, of this place where you kind of would think that it could be the same place where the devil took Jesus very high up on the temple, this very top piece where you could see over all the land. And they wanted him to be up there so everybody could hear him. So everybody could hear him and correct this craziness about Jesus Christ. See, even his own brother doesn't believe in him. And here's what they said in this letter. To the scribes and Pharisees' dismay, James boldly testified, Christ himself sits in in heaven at the right hand of the Father and shall come on the clouds of heaven. The scribes and Pharisees said to themselves, we have not done well in proclaim, uh, procuring this testimony to Jesus. So let's go up there and throw him down off the top of the temple so everybody will be afraid and not believe what he said. And so somehow they make their way up there and they threw down the man. And they began to stone him because he didn't die from the fall. Which if you've been to the temple, if he was on the top, I don't know how you don't die from that fall. It would be a big one. And so uh, they were stoning him, uh, but one of these priests said, wait, hold on, what's going on? Why, why are we stoning him right now? Because you know what he started to do? He started to pray for them. And you know what he said? Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. 
And he's trying to stop this, and a guy with a fuller's club, which is somebody who cleans garments and stuff, whacked him in the head and killed him. So what did James the just leave us? Why are we talking about James the just? Why are we talking about Jesus' brother, the half-brother? Well, it's believed that he gave us this book called the Book of James. Now, here's some cool things to note about this book. This is probably, it's argued, but the first, the first written book in the New Testament. They would date it around 45 to 50 AD. It was the last to get in the canonization to be part of our Bible. So obviously there's some hot stuff in here. It's the first one written and the last one to get in. And so James, he leaves us with this text. Now, James, who is James going to be talking to? What is the point of this? So let me just read you some of the titles out of my favorite book of James. And let's see if any of these could possibly apply to our lives today. Trials and temptations is one of my headings. Anybody got any work opportunity in trials and temptations? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Listening and doing. What? I don't know what I'm talking about. Moving on. Favoritism uh, forbidden. These are the tiles that are inferred onto the text. Let's see, what else do I have? Oh, not even a problem for me. Taming the tongue. Two kinds of wisdom. Submit yourselves to God. Boasting about tomorrow. Warning to rich oppressors. Patience in suffering. And the prayer of faith. Anybody could use little James in their life? And so he leaves us with this, this letter the first letter before Paul, before any things, he leaves us with this letter. Now, this audience would be Jewish Christians because he is the bishop, he is the head of the church in Jerusalem. A lot of folks would credit that if, if we would have got, they would have got behind James, that there would be, uh, there, there was be more peace amongst these different sects. All of the seven sects of Judaism respected James, respected his knowledge, respected who he was as a teacher. The theme of this, in my Bible, it says, good deeds and faith that works. Good deeds and faith that actually works. I love, there's a, on the bottom of your notes, there's a, a one hour, one book on, uh, with uh, Dr. Randy Smith. And he helped do the, uh, the Bible conference that we had here at the church that we hosted. And he does one hour, one book on a Bible. So one hour, one book on the, uh, uh, per book. And he did some more on this one with James and everything. And he goes through and he finds 11 different things in the book of James that he breaks out for all of us. And gives a different spin on it for us to understand what it would have meant to the hearers of that and how do we look at it today. So that's on your notes there. Feel free to make February the month of James for you. The month of Jacob studying that book, reading that all five chapters every week for a whole four weeks and taking the time to go in and dive into some of the researches or the references that I went to dive into. You know, the Bible project has 12 points on James in their eight minute video 
And it's super rich. You got to dive in deeper on that. So there's quite a bit here. And I think we're going to understand why we call him James the Just. Now, I want to whet your appetite for James. And for some reason, I can't get away from this topic that keeps coming at me in our church when I'm preaching. I was just thinking about this as I was, I was repping this this week. I'm like, I'm saying the same thing that I said a couple of weeks ago, last time I preached, and it's coming again, and it's coming again. Am I just seeing the same theme here? Lord, what are you wanting for our people? What are you wanting them to hear? I want you to start bringing your physical Bibles to church. I want you to choose to start building a legacy because I don't know about you, but I don't remember all the, note, all the, the things that were on the notes. Uh, maybe you keep an entire binder of notes, but you already have what we put in the notes. It's in your Bible. Bring your Bibles to church. This is a Christian church. We can bring our Bibles here. It's really cool. And I know the phones are awesome, and I use my phone Bible a lot. But you know what I can't do on my phone Bible? Leave a legacy. Leave a legacy for my grandkids and great-grandkids and everybody to see what Great-grandpa Josh thought about James chapter 1. Who would want that Bible? How many people have a legacy Bible given to you from family that has their thoughts and their hearts and what God was doing in their story? How many people would want that from your Christian heritage? I'm not going to get one, but I can start one. And I would love for us to be a church that, yes, it's on, cool. Like, I've debated, I'm like, I'm not even putting it on the screens anymore. People to bring it, mark it, highlight it, chew it up, that we would be people of the text. The goal of this church is, is to make disciples, not to make big audiences, not to have be entertained here on Sunday, that's great if we are, but for you to fall deeper in love with God's word. For you to put it on your hearts for it to be coming out of your mouths. Bring your Bibles, please. All right, I'm just going to whet your appetite with one of the 11 or 12 points in this book, and I would submit to you the opportunity to have February be the month of James for you. If any of those topics that I read are remotely interested to you or you might have any problems in any of those seven or eight topics I listed. James 1, 19 through 27. Here's the cool part. You want to see another reasons why James is one of my favorite? And you might notice this if you've ever noticed how I introduce myself here at the church. Josh, the lead pastor. I'm the lead servant of a, of a church that I get to steward for however long God wants me to be here. This is not about the name of a pastor. James says in chapter one, it's not in your notes here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, my brother. A servant. God doesn't serve us. We serve him. And we serve him by how we serve each other. All right. 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note. You know, the interesting thing about James' writing style, and you see it in Acts 15, James doesn't pull a lot of punches and add a lot of fluff around stuff. He's like a one sentence. There's not a lot of run-on sentences with James. He's like a a one-sentence punch in your face (laughs) and moves on. And so when he says, hey, take note, he's pretty serious. Now, he's talking to Jewish Christians. Uh, This would be a letter that would have gone out in the uh, dispersion, like where the Jews got rocked. Their temple got torn down. They need this letter, like, 
Like if our church got blown up and all the churches got blown up around here and you couldn't come anymore and you're just in trials and like if you put yourself in their situation, you're being dispersed from where you live, where your family was buried, where your house is, where you farmed, everything that you had and you're just on the run because you're going to be murdered because you were at real life and you called yourself a Christian. There's a context for you. What words would matter to you at that time? My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. Therefore, what's it therefore? Because I just said that, therefore, get rid of all moral filth. When I say the word moral filth, what, don't answer, what comes into your mind? What moral filth do you maybe are challenged to get rid of? Get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Back then, they had moral filth and evil. I thought it was just now and today and in our world and, and phones and TVs and stuff. No, they had moral filth back then. That's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. See, they didn't have 15 different Bibles and 15 different versions of their Bible when this is coming. They had to hear God's word, have it implanted in their heart and want to memorize it and have it come out of them. I love that word uh, planted in you. Get rid of the moral filth and plant God's word in you probably not relevant for today. That's a joke. Here comes the next punch. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. If you're just here today and you're hearing God's word and that's all you do, you know what you just did? You deceived yourself. You called yourself a Christian because you came into a church just like You park a car in a garage and that makes it a car. No. Don't just hear God's word from some pastor or your favorite speaker or all those things. Don't just be a hearer of the word. Have it implanted in your heart. Now you need to hear it to have it implanted. But what happens if you just merely hear God's word? He says, do what it says. Well, it says a lot. I know. I'm working on love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. As soon as I finish those, I'll let you know what I'm working on next. It's going to be a while. Anyone who listens to the word, hey, went to church. If this is the first time you've heard God's word since last week when you were here, if this is the first time that you've opened your Bible, like, you got to check. And this is not a guilt thing. This is a Josh Gray thing. Right? Is it, uh, did all I do is just work on this one sermon and I'm not doing stuff for myself, what God has for me? Am I not hearing him with other things? Don't just be a hearer of the word. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I am fearful that that's what happens in the church in America. Not just in America, but anywhere. But whoever looks intently, whoever looks with intention, whoever really cares into the perfect law, oh, what a good Jewish statement there, the perfect law that gives freedom. The Bible isn't here to constrict you. It's not a a list of things not to do. It's a list of things to do as well for your benefit, for your purpose. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight ring on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Everybody has a megaphone today. You can say something that thousands of people will hear in minutes. What are you saying? Is it from God's word implanted in you? Or is it from something else implanted in you? Are my actions as loud as my mouth? I'll give you an example. So I don't know if this need has been met, but we had a need come up for real needs this weekend. How many people received the real needs email? Oh, good. This need will be taken care of then really quickly. It's not taken care of yet? Still working on it? Okay. A previously homeless father and daughter have found an apartment. They have some furniture, but they need a full-size bed frame. Full-size bed frame. And a full-size box spring. That must mean they have the mattress. But it would be nice to be on a bed frame and box spring. Dressers. And a living room chair. If you're able to help meet any of these needs, talk to Dennis and Connie. Shortly. Stand up, Dennis and Connie, real quick. This is Dennis and Connie Ferguson. Everybody give them a round of applause. Here's why we give them a round of applause. Five years ago, they were asked if they could just kind of do some work and kind of maybe put real needs back together just temporarily. And five years ago, they said yes. Now, Dennis is a young, spry, very strong man, but it's tough for him to lift uh, furniture up seven flights of stairs. And he was just doing this to help get it corrected and get it right. He writes the annual report. He does admin. They do all the things. But we need some folks to come alongside and learn how real needs works. I think we had 16 or 17 needs last year that we filled with furniture and all those things. But like, is this James? Is this being doers of the words? So we need somebody to come over here and be mentored by them for a short period of time and take over real needs at our church and put together a team that delivers stuff. And then it's not just the stuff. We deliver stuff, but hopefully we can have a relationship. And you'll see where that comes in here in this next statement. Verse 27. Sorry, that was my real needs commercial. But there's a real need right now. Just so you know, I probably won't even make it to the next service because you guys will hammer that need. Let me, let me refresh that again. Uh, full-size bed frame, full-size box spring, dressers, and a living room chair. 
Talk to them. Verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If we're doing, if we're doers of the word, we are crushing a lot of the needs in our society, a lot of the needs in our community. Should we have moms and dads, single moms coming, fleeing from abusive situations that have nothing except what they could grab and get out of there? What should they come to? A cardboard box on the street, bouncing from shelter to shelter? Anybody have a giant house and they just live there by themselves? You already have the furniture set up. You have like a heart to love on people. Like obviously you vet that stuff. Like what a church would do to take care of the needs in our community because we are doers of the words. This is just one little bitty lesson in the book of James. I want to be part of a church that is a doer. I need to be better as a doer. You're wrapped up in the business of church. I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll go deliver furniture. I have. I will. I'll go do those things, but let's do it together. And I guess I wanted to, to, to land on this. We don't want to be, have a religion. We want to represent our relationship with the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords really, really well. In your school. What, well, I go to college. What can I do? I don't know. Is there any needs in your college campus? Anybody sitting there freaking out? Doesn't know what's going on. You've already passed that class. And you could take some time out of your life to help them and invest in them whether they don't know Jesus or not? How about at your work? Is there any needs at your work? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. What would God say that is? You're a, you're a hearer of the word. So I want us to be part of a church, and we are. This is not a spanking. <laughs> but let's see those things and take care of that. Do you want to be a part of a religious organization that comes and sits in a chair on Sunday? I'm not interested in leading an organization like that. I'm not even interested, not remotely. I want to be an empower. I want to, I want to be a model of doing it and an empower of leading it with you. Not just talking about it from a stage, but actually taking care of people's needs. And taking care of their needs for the purpose of what? Well, to take care of the needs, but to build a relationship. And why do we build a relationship with people? Why would you do something like this, Tony? Why would you do that? That seems weird. Why would you invest your time, your energy, your money, your treasure? They scratched your truck, putting the furniture in there, whatever it is. Like, my truck's just a vehicle that the Lord gave me to serve as people. Let's be a church like that because we have a king who came as a servant, who came and became man and came down and gave everything up for you and I. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. 
And we should model that too. So let's take this time. Uh, we'll go to communion. We get the privilege of doing communion every week at our church. Uh, if you didn't pick one up, they look like this. They're very delicious and nutritious. Um, and this is for believers in our church. So this means nothing to you if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You shouldn't take it. It might even be offensive to somebody if you did. But if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're like, I want to be part of something that's making a difference, Ron's got it. Raise your hand if you don't have one. Ron will bring one to you. Right here, Ron. I want to be part of something different. I want to be part of something that makes a difference. I'm not just building my kingdom, my treasures, and my palace, and everything that I want in life. I'm trying to serve and be a servant like James and be a servant like Jesus. And so when we come to the table every week, it's a reminder. And I want, to ask your, I want you to ask yourself, on this one lesson of doing and listening, how am I doing? I'm not perfect for sure. But where are you calling me, God, to be you in the kingdom? To actually do the work of the kingdom, not to pay somebody else to do the work of the kingdom, but be involved. Jesus was pretty involved. All the way. I want us to be all the way. So let's take this time as we enter into communion. Let's just let the Lord work right over this crowd here. Father God, I just ask that you would just work over us. You've given a strong word to me this week for sure. And I hope that came across here that you're passionate about your people. And you're passionate about your people loving and taking care of the widows, aliens, and orphans. And some of us don't have a spiritual home. Some of us have been abandoned in life by people, by a workplace. But we are never, never abandoned by you. No, you will never fail us. No, you won't. We sang about that. We know that you don't. So we come to you to be inspired and empowered to serve you and to be doers of your word as you called us to be doers of it. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and when you remember me, remember that you are a doer of what he has commanded. Let's remember him. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember what Jesus did for us. Again, Lord, we just thank you for this time together as a body, as a family. I thank you for the health that is over this body. As you would protect everyone in here and that are watching, Lord, you would give us great uh, healthy bodies that uh, there would be a, just a supernatural protection over the people that call this place home for your purposes. So go out and serve and love in a mighty, mighty way, Father, for you. So we can model that, and we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.